Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seed's website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. I'm having some fun talking to Jeannie Chilson from Chilson Motors. And we're talking Ram trucks. And there's an awful lot of pride that goes with the Ram truck owners and the technology and the creators of those Ram trucks. And they have a lot to offer. Absolutely. Ram offers anywhere from a 1500 series all the way up to a 5500 series. So whether you're just towing something around town or you need us to customize it for your business or for your work, we have the Ram experts to do so. Ram trucks are so versatile. You can find them working hard to a night out on the town and they fit right in where wherever they go. Absolutely. Ram has worked very hard to create an interior on their trucks that is really a luxury vehicle in a truck. Excellent layout of seating, appointments, and they have really worked hard on the detail of their trucks to give owners a really comfortable, well-appointed driving experience. Ram really looks out for their customers by creating great value in their truck. Absolutely. Ram offers so many different engine options as well, too, from the diesel to the classic V8 Hemi to the new TRX, which has a lot of horsepower. How can we find out more about Ram trucks? You can visit either of our two showrooms, Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Highway 53 in Chippewa Falls or Chilson's Corner Motors in Cadott at the corner of Highway X and Highway 27. Or you can visit us on the web at chilson.com. Remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Kick off your Monday morning. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith, along with Jill Welke. Good morning, Jill. Good and, morning, Kristen. And how was your weekend? It was busy. 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 We took 41 pairs of cows. 41, I was calling pears, but 41 cows and 41 calves out to pasture. Okay. And I took off some of my winter white. So don't you just like open a gate and just go, shoo? No, because we've got different pastures for different cows because we can't, we have to breed them to certain bulls. Well, you have to have multiple gates then. Yeah, I don't have that much. You know, just like a conveyor belt system, like at the Pepsi company, Coke company, Mountain Dew, and they just, you know, and they kick them which way they need to go. No, but my pastures are in different places and they have to be trailered to them. Well, you just make it difficult. Um, okay. (laughs) Well, you can't complain about the weather for doing that work, though. Oh, no, it's beautiful. Oh, and it looks like it's going to be even more perfect today. Yes, I think so. I think maybe some more pl- flowers will even get planted today. Oh, I think flowers. I think the crops are going to be going in the ground like crazy this week. Well, I've been driving around a little bit, and I see they're popping out of the ground already. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of little corn plants. Well, if you get don't have it in, you better get it in now, because today we're going to have a mostly sunny day today with only a high of 79 degrees, perfect for growing seasons. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a little bit of breeze. So if you're looking to spray, eh, check the check the wind temp first. 82 degrees. Wednesday, we're going to cool off just a little bit. Only a high of 69 degrees. 
the crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, if you're just waking up to start your Monday morning, guess what? It's a nice, beautiful morning out there, 50 degrees. But keep an eye on something, though. I did notice something different today. I had more critters on the road. I only saw one rabbit. I didn't. I saw, okay, I saw nine deer, but they were in totally different spots than they've ever been before. They were in spots they've never been before, so they are moving. And then I saw three unusual critters jumping in a ditch, but they were close to Osseo. And then another one that I think was a fox, but I'm not 100% sure. So you're saying funny things jump in the ditch in, uh, by Osseo? Yeah, but they were like jumping around like they were having like a party. <laughs> it was really kind of weird. But the deer are out and moving. The fawns, I've heard a report that they are starting to also move. So... Keep an eye on that, especially, yeah, you don't want to hit a baby deer. That would just be awful. But we got to get to work. We've got a busy morning. We got a lot of stuff coming up. Got some ticket giveaways coming your way. And take a trip to the Brewer Game with Bo Sold. We've got more info coming up right now. It's that time of the morning to check in with some national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. A couple of prominent Republicans are expected to throw their names into the 2024 presidential race this week. South Carolina Senator Tim Scott is set to announce his campaign today after he filed to run last week. The Senate's only black Republican launched a presidential exploratory committee back in April. Meantime, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis reportedly plans to make his presidential bid official as early as Wednesday. He's widely considered to be the most viable GOP challenger to former President Trump. Talks on raising the debt ceiling are set to resume at the White House today. We're going to have Congressman Garrett Graves and Patrick McHenry get back together. Now, Speaker Kevin McCarthy says President Biden agreed to sit down with him one-on-one during a call between the two Sunday as Biden returned from the G7 summit in Japan. McCarthy described the conversation as productive. For his part, Biden tweeted from Air Force One that he's proposed over a trillion dollars in spending cuts and Republicans will have to compromise on some of their demands as well. Senator Ted Cruz says the possible use of the 14th Amendment to raise the debt ceiling is legally frivolous. Joe Biden can ensure that we don't default on the debt. He has ample authority to do that and to do that right now by saying we're going to pay the interest on the debt. Speaking on Fox News Sunday, the Texas Republican was referring to a constitutional amendment that would allow President Biden to raise the debt ceiling without congressional approval. Cruz also noted that when Barack Obama was president, he rejected using the 14th Amendment to raise the debt ceiling. A father is dead and his two kids were injured after a grenade exploded inside an Indiana home. Authorities say it happened Saturday when the family was looking through a grandfather's belongings and found the hand grenade. It went off when somebody reportedly pulled the pin. And for the third time in his career, Brooks Kepka is the winner of the PGA Championship. Kepka became the first LIV golfer to win a tournament after finishing atop the leaderboard at 9 under par at Oak Hill Country Club in Rochester. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. And that's a look at our Monday morning news. And Jill, we've got some exciting stuff coming up this week. Actually, we've got ticket giveaways. We do have ticket giveaways. And it's for the Wisconsin River Pro Rodeo up in Merrill. And they're for Sunday, June 11th. Now, Jill, if people want to go to the Wisconsin River Pro Rodeo, the Merrill Rodeo, how do they get there? Well, how do they get need, their tickets? <laughs> well, you need to email me at farm at midwestfamilyec.com, and I will mail them out. I've already mailed out some already, so there's still some more available. And, and it's th- super easy to remember. It's farm at midwestfamilyec.com. 
E C E is in Edward, C is in Charlie, or for Oclair.com. And yeah, we'll get we got tickets. We gotta give them away. I can hear them right now. I'm rattling them off. All good stuff. And even better, we want to send you to a Brewer game. We've got another chance for you to catch a Brewers game. The Brewers are taking on the Cubs Thursday, July 6th in Milwaukee. And you can buy your tickets for the bus trip and game now. Mr. Bob Bosold is the host. And Jill, how do we get that information to sign up for that? You're grabbing the paper here. I'm holding it up. I don't know how much bigger font I can get. Yeah, but I can't see that far in the morning. So Bob Bosold is the host. Info is at waxradio.com. So go to the Wax website and you will find some information about going to the Brewers game with Bob Bolsold as the host. Do you think he's going to dress up as one of the Brewer things? The I don't know what they're called, but they run around the field. Like mascots? A, well, no, I don't know if they're mascots, but they do that little race. Oh, what did they have? The sausage and the brats yeah. or something like that? Yeah. You know, I think we should have a... Maybe we should encourage him greatly to do that. That would be kind of interesting. <laughs> I mean, he's got the height already. He does. And, you know, we'd get that on film, and then we'd have a little bit of a, <clears throat> something we can hold over his head. <laughs> it's a tall head. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, you're going to go to a Brewer game, but you got to go to waxradio.com and check out for more information. But we've got a lot of stuff coming up yet this morning. We've got weather, news, and markets all coming up next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at our morning weather, shall we? We're looking at a beautiful day today, so if you're just rolling out of bed, get stretching because it's going to be nice. Mostly sunny today with a high of 79 degrees. Tonight, a few clouds are going to be around, but nothing too crazy. Only a low of 55. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and some breeze. High of 82 degrees. Tomorrow night, mostly clear and 54 Wednesday, partly cloudy and a little bit cooler, a high of 69. Wednesday night, partly cloudy and a low of 45. And temperatures around the area right now, we're actually holding pretty steady overall. Medford's at 51 degrees. La Crosse is actually the warm spot today, a high of 56. Well, actually not a high, a current of 56. Marshfield's at 50. Green Bay, 51. Rice Lake is at 50 degrees. Wausau, 52. Madison's at 52. Milwaukee's at 51. And right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we're at 50 degrees. 29 degrees to go until we're at the high. We've got your morning markets. They'll be coming in next, and they'll be brought to you by... Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And before we get to our morning markets, we got to give a quick shout-out to Nasonville Dairy over by Marshfield. They are gracious enough to be sponsoring... An event that I'm going to this week, I'll actually be speaking with fourth graders at a school about agriculture. What is all about agriculture? If it's dairy, if it's cotton, if it's fruit, if it's vegetables, basically the whole realm of it. And Nasonville Dairy is going to be providing cheese curds and some milk for us. Oh, that sounds just delicious. I think the kids are going to like it. They usually like the food part the best, just so you know. So should I hand it out at the beginning or make them wait to the end? Well, what I do is I'd split it a little bit because then that keeps them on their toes because they don't know when it's coming. Or should I throw them at them? Well, you can do that. <laughs> the cheese curds, not the milk. <laughs> well, you know, you can do that too, but uh, sometimes they'll sit a little bit better after. I mean, they'll usually hold their attention for a little while, but then once you give them something to eat, 
they usually sit a little bit better. Huh. I'll have to wait and see. But anyway, a big special thank you to Nasonville Dairy for providing that. And I'll let you guys know next week or so how it all went. Well, Jill, we've got morning markets to get to. Again, they're going to be brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And kick us off for the day. What's going on in the market world? Where our cash prices for livestock are choice-fed beef steers are 167 to 178 with mixed at 166 and down. Choice-fed beef heifers are 168 to 182 with mixed at 167 and down. Choice-fed Holstein steers are 140 to 159 with select and silage-fed steers 80 to 139. Cows are 80 to 99 with a top of 130. Bulls are 90 to 125. Butcher hogs are 25 to 87 with sows at 15 to 22, and boars at 10 to 12. There's no quote on shorn market lambs. Unshorn market lambs are 160 to 195, with feeder lambs at 130 to 225, and ewes at 85 and down. Small goats are 70 to 170. Medium goats are 55 to 205, with large goats at 110 to 330, and nandy goats at 10 to 225. Thank you so much, Jill. And switching over to the Mercantile Exchange, we've got live cattle for June at 165.72, up 20 cents. August is at 164.30, up 67 cents. October's at 168.45, up 70 cents. Feeder cattle for May is at 206.27, that's up 17 cents. August is at 235.10, up 60 cents. September's at 237.95, up 72 cents. Lean hogs for June is at 83.02, down 227. July is at 83.12, down 247. August was at 81.50, down 240. Switching over to the Chicago Board of Trade, we've got your July corn up six cents at five sixty. Your July oats were unchanged and remained steady at three twenty-two. July beans were up a dime at thirteen seventeen. July soybean meal was up ninety cents at four hundred and ten dollars a ton. Your July wheat was down four at six oh one. Switching to the dairy side, barrel cheese was up two and three quarter cent to a dollar forty seven. Your blocks were up three and a half cent to a dollar fifty three and a half. And your double A grade butter was unchanged on Friday to two forty six. Class three futures for May up just a penny at sixteen nineteen. June up fourteen cents to sixteen oh six. July down two at sixteen sixty three. August up a penny at seventeen fifty six. September was up six cents at eighteen thirty. And then those markets continued upward into 2024. Well, you're in the fields, hopefully in the fields anyway. Going to be out there planting? Who doesn't know? You might need a little bit of a John Deere push. Got a text message from Mr. Brant Wink. He says, this is fitting for me this morning because he sent me a picture. And it's of a John Deere tractor in a field. And he's got lights. So he's out planting right now. Absolutely. Well, you know, when the wheel, when you can roll those wheels, it's time to get out there. Oh, yeah. Got to get up. Got to get moving. Chores need to get done. And hey, what better time to get out there and do it now? Well, you don't have to worry about traffic on the road to get to your next field. That's for sure. I know. That's a bonus there. And Jill, we have some interesting news today. Wisconsin's ladies had another busy month. Tell me what's going on in egg production. Well, those ladies... We're awfully busy. During April, they, are, they laid 195 million eggs, up 61% from the previous April, according to the latest Chickens and Eggs report from the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service. The average number of all layers on hand during April was 7.6 million, and that's up 55% from last year. Eggs per 100 layer... Eggs per 100 layers for April was 2,564. 
that's up 4% from a year ago. So that means there being even more production coming out of those poor chickens. <laughs> poor chickens. <laughs> I say poor chickens. I have chickens at home, and they're not really poor. They live the life of luxury. <laughs> but in the United States, egg production totaled just over $9 billion during April, and that's up 1% from last year. Production included 7.7 billion table eggs, 1.3 billion hatching eggs. The average number of layers during April totaled 386 million, and that's up 4% from last year. Well, those ladies were busy. Well, and it's good to see that those numbers are up because it seemed like there was a challenge getting eggs rounded up for, you know, for our breakfast. Mm Mm-hmm. And, Joe, we got to mark our calendars because Madison will be filled with blue jackets here coming up. The Wisconsin Association of FFA will be hosting its 94th annual Wisconsin FFA Convention and Expo on June 12th through the 15th at the Alliant Energy Center in Madison. The association is excited to celebrate the the accomplishments of the organization's 253 chapters and more than 23,000 members over this past academic year. Highlights for this year's convention include the return of the Day of Service within the Madison community, Presentation of the FFA charters to three FFA chapters. Recognition of award winners and competitions, along with workshops and a whole lot more. Over 350 FFA members will receive their Wisconsin State FFA degrees. And the Wisconsin FFA State Stars will be recognized at the convention. And also the 2023-24 officer team will also be announced that Wednesday night. Wow, 350 state degrees. That's amazing. And it's amazing to see how many are actually show up because it's a little bit of an option, but it's really important for them to show up and to, those seats are filled. Well, they better be there because I think Bob's going to be at the convention this year. Yes, he told me he was going to stay down there at the convention. Well, and he's going to chase those kids down. <laughs> well, he's going to have a few lists to do, but um, he's going to be hosting the luncheon for the state FFA degrees on Wednesday afternoon. Very nice. Very good. Thank you so much, Jill. And now we're going to be hearing from our Madison gal, Stephanie, who had a chance to speak with a gentleman, Dr. Mark Markle. Now, we've heard of the Preakness. We've heard of the Kentucky Derby. We've heard of the Belmont Stakes. But they're, they're having an issue. Some horses are are not making it to there. What is it? Seven horses have died now? At Churchill Downs. Yeah. It's it's quite an issue. I believe it has a lot to do with the stresses of, you know, what they do. Yeah. So we're going to be hearing about that. That's coming up right here on Wax. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It was all over the headlines. Seven horses had died at Churchill Downs in the lead-up to the Kentucky Derby. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, so I called on Wisconsin School of Veterinary Medicine Dean Mark Markell to help us understand the risk of competing in such a sport and then tie it back to what Wisconsin horse owners should be thinking about ahead of rodeos or other competitions. Dean Mark Markell is a certified equine surgeon. He says the risk for your horse is going to vary depending on breed, age, and type of sport. Thoroughbred racehorses have their own unique considerations. The thoroughbred racehorse, who typically starts training relatively young, you know, in their twos, and races, at least in these kinds of races, like the Kentucky Derby in their threes, is, you know, a younger horse than what most people would be 
you know, using in the in the scenarios that you talked about that would typically be in Wisconsin. I mean, a lot of those horses are, you know, at least a year or two older than that. And so one of the issues in racehorses, particularly thoroughbred racehorses, is, you know, they enter um, their athletic careers so young, they still need to remodel the, their skeletons into kind of adult maturity. And during that process, if they're trained, I wouldn't say excessively, but trained to, in a way that their skeleton can't keep up with what the demands are, then you might have things like happened last week in Churchill Downs and the week before occur. Um, it's much less common in older horses in the sense that horses that enter whatever their profession is going to be, whatever their sport's going to be at an older age because they've already had a chance to have their skeleton mature. It doesn't mean that injuries don't occur. Any athlete, whether it's human, equine, or dog, is going to be predisposed to injury depending on how hard they're pushed. I want to go back to the age factor. Help us understand why those racehorses are trained at such a young age. Well, realistically, it's because that's the way it's always been done, and that's how all that's kind of the history of you know the Triple Crown in particular. I mean, there's certainly lots of horses that race at an older age and never race at that age. But if you, I personally have no control over this, but you know the way it's been for whatever hundred years plus, that's the ages that you know that the horses are raced at, and you know they're even bred so that they could be as old as is possible, but still qualify for, you know, those, the Triple Crown in this example, those races. Uh, when you're talking about the Breeders' Cup and others, those horses tend to be older. Um, one thing that is true that you have to be careful of is it doesn't help you take a horse and not do any exercise, meaning just have it out in pasture or whatever, and then start training it for racing at age three or four. It still then would have to go through that same bone remodeling process to adapt to racehorse conditions. So, what would be true, and is typically true in the U.K. and other places around the world, is they t- tend to race horses about a year later. So they take two years for that training, maybe starting you know, in their twos or early threes, um, but they don't push them quite as fast and quite as hard because they don't have to make you know, a May Kentucky Derby, as an example. For folks competing with their horse this summer in various activities, what advice do you have on what to do before or after the competition to prevent injury to the animal? I think the most important thing is have um, either they, if they're a very talented horse person, or a veterinarian or somebody that has a really good eye. Because, you know, most of the time, and it's not always true, but most of the time a horse will exhibit some variety of lameness um, that might be subtle uh, that, you know, people that aren't used to looking at lame horses um, might not even pick up. And if you detect it when it's subtle, you know, when it's a mild lameness caused by something that, you know, you could, a veterinarian could figure out, then you know that you should back off or you know you shouldn't enter that competition and those kinds of things. And so I think having experienced people look at you on your horse and, and, you know, obviously this isn't going to happen every day, but if you notice any difference in, you know, how they're eating or they're more reluctant to do something that they were happy to do the day before or two days before that, don't ignore that. Pay attention to it because usually that's a sign that something's up. Uh, might be something you know simple, but it also could be something that's the beginning of something that could be more catastrophic if you decided to do something. You know, the, in our in a thoroughbred racehorse, they're going at such high speeds that that's one of the reasons. There's so much energy in, at that speed. That's one of the reasons why those injuries tend to be more challenging. Um, 
that in all the scenarios you described, those animals tend to go um, at much slower speeds. Obviously, in some of the rodeo work, they go very fast for a short period of time, and they do a lot of cutting. Uh, and so there is certainly the possibility that they, you know, have a fracture that occurs or, or an injury to a tendon or a ligament that occurs in that competition. Uh, and it's not always true that they're lame or even subtly lame first, but that's something that as a horse owner, I would pay a lot of attention to. University of Wisconsin Vet School Dean Mark Markell along with us. And I want you to help me and our listeners understand why euthanization happens in some scenarios. Why can't you just cast up a horse and, and wait for it to recover? What can't horses recover from? So the first thing to know is horses do very poorly in casts. So they tend to have relatively thin skin. They're totally different than ruminants like cattle or even sheep. It doesn't mean you can't treat an injury with a cast for a period of time, but I'd say almost never in today's world, as of 50, 40 years ago, do we treat fractures in horses with a cast. What we typically do is use plates and screws. I'd say for the majority of fractures in horses, they're treatable. Now, the big difference with the horses that are racing is they're going at such high speeds when these injuries occur that the bone doesn't just fracture. It sometimes pulls apart into a thousand pieces, as an example. And often in those injuries, they've also damaged the soft tissues, the skin is open, and they've also damaged the vascular, the blood supply to the areas below that fracture. And so those all, all make it extraordinarily challenging to treat. The other thing to remember is depending on what the animal's gender is, if it's a female that could potentially go back to breeding, um, then that's an option sometimes because often when we repair these fractures, it depends on the fracture. Some we can repair to be an athletic animal again. Some will repair and you can be perfectly comfortable walking around, but you're never going to be an athlete again. And so horses that are a mare or a potential stud, they'd have the ability to become breeding animals. A horse that's a gelding, it's challenging for some of those owners because particularly if we're talking about the Kentucky Derby kind of horse who might be, you know, insured for a million plus dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars, for that individual, there might be little value if that person, that horse is just sitting on a pasture modestly lame. So they, they may elect to euthanize because they, they know the horse will never be sound enough to be an athlete. And, you know, in the end, they feel like it's the best for the individual since you're not going to be useful for anything else as far as breeding to have to go down the path of euthanasia. Boy, that's some interesting stuff there, Jill, especially how, you know, how they think it through, you know, what's best for the horse. But at the same time, if they're not going to do their job, what are they going to do? Right. If they can find an alternative, like going into the breeding system or if, because, you know, those genetics might do somebody some good along the way. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. And we'll have to keep an eye on what's going on and why these horses are like, what's happening in the background? Is it? you know, shots that they're getting? Is it, you know, you hate to say foul play. Hopefully it's not that. Is it their nutrition? Is it the way they're being um, worked? Is it, you know, is it the, even could be the field uh, track conditions, I suppose, Mm -hmm. not field, but the track conditions could also, you know, be affecting their injuries. Yeah, a lot of stuff. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. But right now, we are almost at 5.30 in the morning, and Rocky Olson, he'll be joining us next with your morning markets from Premier Livestock. So stay tuned. He's coming in soon. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 
And it's that time of the morning to check in with Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. So tell me about your weekend. Did you have a good weekend? We did. It took my daughter out turkey hunting this weekend, and uh, we had a great time. Ooh. Got close many times, but never fired a shot. So. Oh, well, that's okay. Sometimes it's just the experience of being out there. Yeah. Yeah, I know we, we see, we've seen a bunch. We just couldn't quite get on them, so. Oh, that's okay. There's always tomorrow, right? That's right. There you go. Well, Rocky, you had a busy week last week and an even busier week again this week. Catch us up. What's going on at Premier Livestock and Withy? Uh, thank you, Kirsten. Good morning, everyone. This uh, last week's market shaped up. We sold over 2,500 head of livestock. Fed cattle uh, traded stronger. High choice and prime Holstein steers 139 to 158. Select low choice 128 to 138. Choice beef steers and heifers up to 168. Market cows also stronger. High yielding cows from 95 to a dollar 20. Most market cows from 80 to 94. Market bulls high yielding from a dollar to a dollar 20. Lower yielding 90. And down. Newborn Holstein bull calves, mostly from $150 to $300 per head. Your beef cross calves from $200 to $600. Holstein heifer calves, $25 to $150. This week we got uh, two dairy cattle auctions. Tuesday, that's our once a month special dairy heifer auction. Uh, if you're buying or selling heifers, uh, always a very good sale. Uh, got the complete dispersal there of 85 fancy heifers coming out of a 29,000 pound herd. They're going to be right calves through Springer's. Uh, there's going to be 85 of those. We also got a really nice group of registered jerseys for that sale, plus lots more full list on the website. Then Wednesday, we got three complete dairy herd dispersals, including a certified organic herd. Uh, that's certified organic, certified grass-fed. There's 75 of them, Holsteins, Red Holsteins, and Crosses. And then we got two tie stall herds, plus many other reputation groups of parlor free stall cows. We also sell feeder cattle um, on Tuesday. That'll be after the dairy heifer auction questions give us a call at premier 715-229-2500 don't forget to check us all the stuff out on the website what's happening detailed market reports updated daily uh, at premier livestock and auctions.com don't forget large farm machinery auction uh, that's going to be june 16th guys like i said we're filling up get that equipment in soon uh pre-consignment list is up on the website and you can click on equipment facts and you could actually start bidding now so bidding is open for that sale. Uh, also, we've got a change in the sales schedule at Premier. Uh, that's going to start today. Uh, the first round of calves is going to sell at 10 a.m. So the first calves sold for the day uh, will be the ones in early at 10. Don't worry, we're going to sell calves later in the day. Uh, just trying to shorten the schedule up for the day a little bit. Some of the buyers wanting to get out of there with their calves. So 10 o'clock a.m. today with calves, and then we'll go on to the fed cattle after calves. So that is the way things are shaping up Kristen any questions give us a call sounds good Rocky well you have a great day enjoy the weather and we'll catch you tomorrow you too thank you there he goes Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock this morning with a look at your morning markets and now it's that time of the morning to check in with our Skywarn 13 meteorologist Mike D'Andrea and see what's going on with our planting season good morning Mike good morning to you Kristen so I've got another joke for you Uh uh-oh are you ready for this one? I don't know. Send it my way. What do you call an angry carrot? An angry carrot? Uh, I mean, I mean, it might be a steamed carrot. Oh, you're close. A steamed veggie. Oh, all right. You were close. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one, too. I thought of you when I read that one. 
Yeah, some people couldn't care at all about it, though. Oh, that's pretty bad. Cue, cue the brum tisk. Yeah, brum psh. <laughs> well, uh, today's uh, weather and tomorrow, not exactly a joke as it's still looking beautiful. However, with the return of that northwesterly flow in our mid and upper levels, that is bringing back some of that smoke. So we are expecting a hazy sort of day today and tomorrow with temperatures into the upper 70s and low 80s. Then a front heads our way midweek, and that does cool us off. Now, most of us should stay dry. It'll just bring in a batch of cloud cover and temperatures into the upper 60s. But then we rebound back to the low to mid-70s for Thursday and Friday, still coupled with a good bit of sunshine. More of that is in store on Saturday. So good planting weather. Just uh, if you have any, uh, may want to water the grass a little bit, especially if you just cut it. Otherwise, Sunday may bring a chance at some showers, a pop-up storm as possible with temperatures into the upper 70s. But right now, temperature of 50 degrees to kick us off. So not very warm, not cool, just comfortable to start Comfortable. Yes. So now, can we say that that cold weather that we saw like last week, you think that's in the back 40 now? Well, uh, speaking of 40s, we might have some of that Wednesday night into Thursday. So some of those cooler nights may still be a thing. I don't don't think anything that would uh, warrant bringing in any vegetation, at least not in the foreseeable future here. Uh, But still some, we'll just call them chillier mornings. Okay, so we're pretty well safe, though, to keep our plants outside and enjoy this beautiful spring, almost summer weather. That's what it's looking like. Excellent, Mike. Well, you take care. Have a great day. We'll catch you tomorrow. You bet. We'll talk to you tomorrow. There he goes, our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea, this morning. And your Skywarn weather is brought to you by the Chilson Automotive Group. Save big on remaining new 2022 RVs at ChilsonRV.com. And that's weather on Wex 104.5. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning. Miss Morgan McCarthy joins us now. Good morning, Morgan. And catch us up on the news. What's going on in our world today? Good morning. Coming out of a weekend and into a new week, we begin with an update about the man who shot and killed two Barron County police officers last month. He was a known threat who had a declining mental status. And with some more 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster looks closer. A new report into Glenn Perry, the man that police say shot and killed officers Emily Bredenbach and Hunter Scheel, describes him as angry and armed. The report released on Friday says Perry's father warned police about him. That warning came after Perry's daughter said he hated cops. Investigators say Perry used a rifle that he legally bought to shoot and kill the two officers. The report also says by killing Perry, the officers prevented Perry from possibly killing other people. I'm John DeMaster. Well, an 18-year-old from Madison looks at federal charges after investigators say he hacked thousands of sports betting accounts. Federal prosecutors last week charged Joseph Garrison with computer and wire fraud charges, saying he stole $600,000 from people who'd signed up for online gambling websites. Investigators say he used stolen names and passwords to create and access 60,000 accounts. If convicted on all charges, Garrison could spend nearly 60 years in prison. Well, there could be a crackdown on crunching the numbers. Kids going into high school next year could have to take a class on credit. Credit, investing, insurance, and money management in order to graduate. State Senate panel will hold a hearing on this week's plan to require a financial literacy class. The idea, supporters say, is to make sure young people have a proper financial mindset when they're done with high school. Schools across the state say they don't have a problem with the idea of teaching financial literacy, but they do oppose another mandate from the state legislature. When it comes to spending in the state, the two mash up and meet again. State Senate will take up its shared revenue proposal tomorrow. The Republican-controlled Senate has a different plan than the Republican-controlled 
Household Assembly, most notably in how Milwaukee and Milwaukee County should raise their taxes or could raise them. Assembly Speaker Robin Voss last week said he's done negotiating on the plan, which Senate Majority Leader Devin Lemmy said was unfortunate. And swirl, sniff, sip? Digging deep into the psyche of wine drinkers with Brie Tennis. One poll interviewed nearly 2,000 adults who regularly consume wine. The study says red wine drinkers were 48% more likely to be introverts and most likely dog people. Like bubbles, you're 40% more likely to be an extrovert and you like dogs too. The study found rosé and white wine drinkers were most likely to be indoor people and probably have at least one cat. They say this poll is not scientific, just good wine fun. I'm Bree Tennis, NBC News Radio. Maybe not wine time quite yet. Keep our glasses full of milk for now as we head back to the barn with Kristen Smith, Jill Wilkie, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. Thank you so much, Morgan, for that news update. And She'll be back with us after a little while. Well, let's take a look at some farm news before we head to more markets. If you're a Wisconsin resident, don't miss out on this unique hunting experience and apply by May 31st for your chance at a 2023 elk hunting license. This year's elk hunting season will run from Saturday, October 14th through Sunday, November 12th, as well as Thursday, December 14th through Friday, December 22nd. Applications are $10 each and limited to one per person. The cost of an elk hunting license for the winners of the license drawing is $49. Licenses will be issued for the Clam Lake Elk Range only. So just that range. Nowhere else. I know Jackson County has it. They're not in that thing. It's just Clam Lake Range only. And Jill, what else is going on? It's time to start planning for something. It is. And I actually was just talking about this earlier this morning. It's time to start planning where to get breakfast during June Dairy Month. The first one of the season will be on Friday, June 2nd at the Marshfield Fairgrounds. Then dairy breakfast will be in full swing Saturdays and Sundays throughout June. Bring the kids or grandkids and enjoy. Actually, if you Google it, you can find it on the Wisconsin website. That's where I found my information. Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. And it, uh, man, there is quite a list, so you better not go hungry on the weekends. Yep, and check your local newspapers. Listen to us every morning because we'll be telling you what's coming up every weekend. Well, we got to take a look at our morning markets. It's that time of the morning. Jim Lindsay joins us now, and Jim catch us up what's going on over at the equity altoona barn choice beef steers neffers dollar 40 to a dollar 70 choice dairy cross steers neffers dollar 40 to a dollar 65 high yielding choice and prime holstein steers dollar 50 to a dollar 58 choice holstein steers dollar 40 to a dollar 49 select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers dollar 39 and down top 20 percent of the cold cows sold from a dollar five to a dollar 20 weight at top of a dollar 24 60 percent of the cows sold from 76 to a dollar four the bottom 20 percent of the cows sold from 75 and down our next special feeder sale will be Friday, May 26th. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. You too, Jim, and thank you so much. And now Jerry Fitzgerald joins us from the Stratford Equity Barn. Good morning, Jerry. How was your weekend? Well, Kristen, good morning to you. Weekend was very busy, and of course the uh, the weather cooperated a lot, so we got a lot of stuff done. And uh, well, you know, you got to mow them pesky little yellow critters that come up on your lawn, you know. <laughs> 
Dandelions. Hey, they make good wine, I was told. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, but you got to have, uh, uh, what do you want to call it, intensive intensive, dedicated labor to pick those little buggers. <laughs> Maybe we should talk to the FFA chapters and say, hey, let's, you know, pick all of this, you know, kind of like community service. Dig them out, and then we'll process them. Uh, yeah, making wine for the young people. That'll go over No, real no, good, not know. that. They're going to oh. pick the dandelions and then, you know, community service. They pick it. We take care of it. The adults. I see. See? Well, there's other... There's other methods to get rid of them, but uh, you can ask Bob about that because he's got that pretty well figured out now. I he's think. got his own dandelion picker. Yes, he does. Well, anyway, uh, anyway, we were. I was reading before. Uh, I was waiting for the uh, time for me to call you guys, and I was looking at the cattle and feed report that came out on Friday. So you guys will probably have more to say about that. Some interesting numbers in there, and it's really. I thought maybe the marketings would be a little higher, but uh, as we can see, the marketings of fed cattle are. Uh, the prices are very good, so maybe you guys will touch on that a little bit later. In the meantime, we'll tell the folks about what is going on here at Equity Stratford this coming week. Anyway, uh, Kristen and Jill, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. Sales schedule here this week at Equity Stratford will be a normal sales schedule. We'll have more to say about next week's in just a minute. First of all, we do get started here Monday morning, 10 o'clock. Uh, overnight delivered cattle will be sold first, of course. We do sell market cattle today along with uh, market bulls and uh, and also fed cattle. And just a brief look back at last week, how market continues to be strong, higher yielding cows, the top end of the cows selling mostly from 95 to 115, topping last week at 118 and a half. Uh, most of the cows are in that 74 to 94 range. Um, also, uh, fed cattle did top last week at 157 on the Holsteins. Calf market, uh, bull calves, good demand up to 345 on the top end of the bull calves in these beef calves. All the way up to 550 last week. So that's uh, how things looked last week. Now we'll move ahead to Tuesday tomorrow. Auction does start at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning with hay and bedding auction. 11 o'clock tomorrow will be the market auction. And uh, we do sell organic cows every Tuesday. And just to look back at what those brought last week, organic market, again, very, very strong. Uh, High-yielding organics last week were 146 to 163. Our Wednesday auction does start around 10 o'clock. Full marketing day on Wednesday, including... Uh, uh, sheep, hog, and goats, along with the market cattle and the fed cattle. Feeder cattle sale this week will start at 12.30, and our Thursday auction does start at 11. And as I alluded to, uh, next week, uh, we'll have a little, a little change of sales schedule next week, of course. Next week, a week from today, May 29th, Memorial Day, so Equity Stratford will be closed next Monday. So just kind of put that in mind, your marketing uh, schedules, folks. And then, uh, again, you got Catholic and signing other questions, give us a call here, 687-4101. We'll be very, very happy to talk to you folks. But again, like we say every morning now this time of the year, there is just a lot, a lot of field work being done. So folks, do drive careful. Um, you can't be in that big of a hurry that you can't, because uh, I was, where was I going the other day? And I mean, this gentleman was going down the road and he had a uh, big uh, disc and stuff behind them, and, and somebody's passing, even on the yellow line. I mean, come on, folks, use your head, okay? Be safe. Yep, we got to be safe out there because the farmers are doing their job, and we want to come home, and they want to come home and enjoy their time with their families. Right. Well, you ladies enjoy your day, and I'll talk to Bob tomorrow morning, give the folks an update on what's happening here in the markets. Sounds good. Have a great day, Jerry. Thank you. You also. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
We're getting into the last part of May, and a lot of hay is standing, but it uh, won't be standing long because we got a lot of folks that start making their first crop about this time of the year. Dan Undersander is with us this morning to talk about that on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And Dan, cutting it is one thing, chopping it is one thing, but putting it up is another. We've got a lot of different ways to do it. We've got bunkers, we've got tubes. What's some of the recommendations for putting it up so uh, we're feeding quality feed when we get to it? Yeah, Bob, the important thing to remember when uh, making a bunker or a pile or even a tube is to think about packing the alfalfa in the storage structure. Uh, If we don't pack as well as we should, first we leave oxygen there, which allows the silage to heat more and to use up some of the... uh, carbohydrates that could be fed to our cattle. Uh, Secondly, uh, it can uh, cause some losses on feed out. If we have the silage packed properly and we open a bunker or a pile, uh, we would expect the uh, air to diffuse in about uh, 30 inches from the face. And so if we pack less, it's going to go in more. There will be more heating at the feed-out process and more loss and and mold formation in that silage while it's waiting to be taken off the bunker or pile. So our recommendation for a bunker or pile is to pack the silage to where we have about 45 pounds of silage per square cubic foot. When silage is packed that tight it ought to feel a little bit like a piece of sheetrock that you would push your fist against. If you can make a significant indent into the pile, then it is not being packed sufficiently. We do have a spreadsheet through UW Extension that allows you to approximate about what you need based on the amount of silage coming into the bunker pile per hour the weight of the tractor, how many tractors might be needed to pack additionally. The other consideration, though, that many people forget is the need to pack tubes of silage that are made. And we have the same issues there. If we do not pack as tight as we can, we're going to have uh, some loss during the initial fermentation as the oxygen is being used up. But in addition, uh, depending on how much we're going to take out of the tube daily, we can again have the uh, oxygen moving back in and causing that silage to start to heat and mold as we're feeding it out to the animals. One of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that there is a real skill to packing in a tube. Uh, We did some studies on this years back, and the same person using different machines might pack the silage as much as five pounds more dense than another person using the same machine. You can't quite pack the tube as dense as a bunker or a pile, but again, uh, every pound of density that we can gain will reduce the loss in initial and siling and the losses on feed-out. So do think particularly with tubes about managing the machine filling the tube to uh, maximize the density in that bunker. I have seen tubes that were opened that were um, just covered with white mold throughout the silage because too much oxygen was allowed in 
due to lack of packing density. So uh, do think about density for bunkers, for piles, but also for tubes, which uh, we may not have thought about as much as we should in the past. Do recognize that there is some real skill in packing a tube densely to get a good quality silage from it. So do it right, and uh, you'll be happy, and so will the cows. Dan Undersander, packing those tubes, bunkers, and uh, those uh, also piles as we look at our first crop alfalfa starting to come down around Wisconsin. Dan Undersander, a state forage specialist on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. Want to stop engine problems before they start? Pick up a can of Seafoam Motor Treatment. Seafoam helps engines start easier, run smoother, and last longer. Just pour it in your fuel tank. Seafoam is available where automotive products are sold. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take it our look at our morning markets one last time for the morning. On the Chicago Board of Trade, we've got your July corn up six cents at five sixty. July oats unchanged on the overnight to three twenty-two. July beans up a dime at thirteen seventeen. July soybean meal up ninety cents at four hundred and ten dollars a ton. July wheat down four at six oh one. Country elevators in the area: Golden Plump in Arcadia is at five sixty-one for corn. Baldwin's at five nineteen and twelve sixty-nine for beans. Wheat and grain in. Chippewa and in Connersville, five thirty for corn, twelve eighty for beans. Durand is at five nineteen and twelve sixty four. Mondovi and Elmwood, five twenty three for corn, twelve sixty nine for beans. Fall Creek is at five oh nine and twelve forty four. Osseo, five thirty six, twelve sixty nine. Northside and Loyal, five forty two for corn, twelve seventy five for beans. And Arcadia, five forty eight and twelve eighty nine. Elk Mound is at five twenty nine and twelve seventy four. Sparta's at five forty eight and twelve forty eight. Ellsworth is at five oh nine for corn, twelve forty four for beans. Ethanol plants in the area, Boysville and Stanley, both at five sixty one. New Richmond, five fifty seven. On the dairy side, barrel cheese up two and three quarter cent to a dollar forty seven. Your blocks were up three and a half cent to a dollar fifty three and a half. Double A grade butter was unchanged at two forty six. And your class three futures for May were up a penny at sixteen nineteen. June up fourteen at sixteen oh six. July down two at sixteen sixty three. August up a penny at seventeen fifty six. September up six cents at eighteen thirty. And then those markets were upward trending into twenty twenty four. That's a look at your morning markets. We're looking for a beautiful day today. Mostly sunny and seventy nine degrees. Right now we're at fifty degrees in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.